0: Welcome to Keaton Cast, Episode 7, the podcast for all things Michael Keaton, brought to you by the Epic Film Guys. I'm your host, Justin. And today we are absolutely honored to be joined by a very special guest. A person that not only helped define our love of Tim Burton's interpretation of Batman, he physically helped to create it and embody it. For years, many fans had no idea how much input he had into the creation of Batman, but now we do, and we're all here to celebrate it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome the great Carl Newman. Hello, everyone.
1: It's a pleasure to be here, Justin. We've had so many interactions, and uh, this has finally happened. Now we, we get to speak in person, so that's fantastic.
0: It's absolutely wonderful. It's been a long time coming. Um, I, I think I feel like it's been already a year since I I sent out to get you uh, your autograph on a few items, and um, it's absolutely been a joy. Uh, how how are you doing today, anyway, Carl? How are you?
1: I'm really really well, thank you. I can't believe it's a year since you said. Uh, those photographs aren't to me That that's just incredible but though the weather's gorgeous in the UK I imagine it's the same where you are and uh, always very happy always very happy to be out and about and enjoying life.
0: That's beautiful to hear, that's wonderful, that makes me so so happy and again we're thrilled to have you on this episode um, but, but before we get into the depths of the shadows of your involvement with 1989's Batman, all of us fans saw that you recently attended a screening of Batman and an early screening of The Flash this last weekend with Michael Keaton in attendance for a Q&A. Um, what was that experience like for you? And did you see any of your influences as batman up on the big screen with the flash
1: well firstly it was totally surreal because i only found out about that very much at the last minute i think i saw that through social media and i was so wishing to be there and and wondering how i could get there and it was literally by fate that one of the great fans uh got in contact with me he'd uh, been asking me various things over the course of say a few months and he mentioned about maybe saying something at the evening you know at the Q&A and I said oh that's great and then the next thing i knew he was offering me a ticket so that was just unbelievable because as you would know you would drop anything to to be there to to witness that not only the 89 original but the new flash and then to have michael doing the q a was just the icing on the cake for me i did see a lot of the influence of 89 in the flash i mean i don't think that's me being over sort of uh, you know with rose-colored spectacles or whatever um romantic or whatever you might like to say i i do think that as we know that 89 is is the gold mark isn't it the benchmark for all yeah. the movies subsequently and they're going to look at things as they have done in returns and, and all the other movies. There's, there's going to be those influences flooding in. And it was interesting having some interactions as well with fans and, and them telling me the same thing. So I did see that um, quite a lot throughout the movie, which, which was very humbling, if you like, for me to, to know that that's had that effect on, on the new film.
0: That's wonderful. And I was hoping you would get an opportunity to be able to say hello to Michael. I, I believe it's probably been since you wrapped the movie this is the last time you saw him
1: it is it is and i i think i tried every avenue to go down to to reach out to him i think i personally tried to get hold of him and then through um the magazine as well the empire magazine the vip club and as you realize with these things that any sort of will go to a sort of a hub for people to look at and and they don't always put two and two together, do they 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 don't have the time maybe, or they just do an immediate response, which is sorry, no, or you don't hear anything, but I was so close to him, this was the other thing that I was literally three rows back on the left, wow, and when Ooh. he'd come in it was it was just absolutely incredible to see him again and I think I was there trying to sort of burn a hole into into him with my eyes you know not not what I meant was I was just wanting to be known but not standing up or shouting or anything uh, just just trying to give him that vibe that I was there but it's it's very very difficult as you know time is limited it was a closed Q and A Michael sadly was was late and uh the time steps away from you doesn't it but somebody said to me why didn't you stand up and wave your hand and say Hi, Michael. It's, it's Ballet or whatever it might have been, but I, I just can't do that. I think it's, I'm very respectful of, of the evening and what's there and the privacy of, of their interview, if you like.
0: Yeah, that's totally understandable. Uh, I think that's very respectful of Michael. Question, though. I mean, see, you liked The Flash. You you enjoyed the movie over uh, overall?
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I was blown away, really, with it, as I'm sure you were. It's, uh, it's just this adrenaline-fueled... The journey and and the way it's all been done is, is like something I've never seen before, really to be honest.
0: that's so amazing to hear we know that your nickname as you just said a few minutes ago is ballet bat and you originally had a history in ballet prior to shooting batman how did you first get involved or get the call to be involved in the making of batman
1: yeah it's interesting justin because you know i'm a kind of a, a jazz ballet bat i would say and i think for me i'd always loved to see i mean gene kelly is my absolute favorite hero if you like i loved fred but gene was that really exciting athletic kind of dancer the the risks that he took and, and you know doing things in skates and whatever else um he was just incredible so i I'd, I'd been if you like brought up with these great hollywood you know movies and the stars and as i say he, he was one of my favorites of course i was very aware of of rudolph uh one of the great male ballet dancers and then my favorite was a guy called Mikhail Baryshnikov who did some great movies he did the great transition from ballet into sort of jazz and and he could do any discipline he was he's a phenomenal dancer um so yes i had all those if you like that influenced me i was playing drums and i was playing drums as well for a dancing school and i think socially i i did dance as well i love the jacksons all, all those great people right and an opportunity arose whereby i was playing drums for this school and then they saw me dancing uh they said look you should do more i did some classes with them and then i moved on to a more of a classical contemporary school then which was phenomenal because they had the best tutors at at this particular institution and being one of the fewer guys as it was then um you got a lot more attention and i was working at some great theaters and i, I just developed that all, all over time and then to the point where a lot of my friends that i was doing these classes and performance with they were going off to audition in in london and they had their various genres that they preferred so one of my best friends he was more classical let's say but i wanted to do more jazz because you know i was thinking more of show and that kind of thing and, and ballet has to be very much the core of all that it's, it's the strength and the line of all your dancing so i do audition for this top college performing arts college um just outside of london did all my training uh then you could go off and, and work and a friend was also going to find a good agent he then said look carl you should come with me this is the top dance agent in london i went in they they really liked me i told them what they had been doing uh, they took me on the books and then lo and behold they were the agent that got the call for batman and wow i had the in yes i know it was just surreal and I'd worked at Pinewood before. I, I was very, very fortunate that I'd worked at a number of the film studios, like Shepperton and Pinewood. And um, so I was familiar with with the setup and the history there. But then, when I went for the initial meeting with the first assistant director, Derek Cracknell, that that was really, you know, just me and him in a room, and it was kind of taking that all in as well. We had a very good chat. I, I left and then just got on with with your life as you do. And then got that call later down the line when I was sharing accommodation with other dance students that were still doing their training. But it was a good good vibe, good environment to be in. And then I got the call that night to say, Carl, come in, we want you to put the costume on. (laughs) That was like, oh my word, that's just... Mind it's it's just you can't you can't take it in
0: yeah that was actually I mean, my next question was uh, leading right into it what was it like the first time you put on the bat suit well
1: it just it was just amazing i think as a dancer anyway you you have this love of costumes you know it it just extends your your performance enhances all of that because yeah sometimes you don't need anything you you might just have the minimal kind of clothing, sort of just, uh, you know, leggings or whatever it might be. But I think a, a dancer gets really excited about putting on a costume. And that was the ultimate costume, wasn't it, really? Yes, it is. The way that it would be, how that evolved, how that had been sculpted. So I was just. Still pinching myself when I was there, but the fortunate thing was I went into the wardrobe department and they were all there. So I met Finn, vim Burnham, that had sculpted the cowl, and then there was Todd William Todd Jones and Dave Merch and some others, but it was primarily those three. I put on that costume it just felt so good you know when you when you just feel right in something that it, it fits so well um, as as we know Tim didn't want the, the sort of square jaw but I th- I think fortunate for me my, my facial structure really fit the cow well and um, they were very complimentary on that that it it fitted so well a good strong chin um i remember them saying uh so i felt i felt right and uh, you know bearing in mind just in this is it's kind of like an audition again isn't it really because i wasn't guaranteed the job at this stage i'd I'd put the suit on and the idea was to show them what i could do so once i would got the full regalia on it did feel amazing to have that um cape because again it's very theatrical and really, at that time, all I could do was to run up and down corridors. <laughs> <Because there> was, <laughs> it was a bit like a, a big boy, you know, just back in his childhood again. But you can imagine, you know, they couldn't just sort of say to me, Carl, just go outside. They, they needed to contain it. So they said, look, go in the corridors. And I was running up and down, getting a feel of how the cape would work and how I could run, move, et cetera, in it. And then it was literally, because as we're seeing with various posts at the moment, I think it's 95 acres, isn't it? the fine with studios. It, it really is phenomenal to take in that span of all those buildings and, and everything else that we use for Gotham City. So I got literally, taken on a golf buggy to the back lot as it's called to gotham city recreated and that was when i met the god you know tim burton that that i was there in the full costume and met tim and and he he was very keen to sort of see what i could do
0: wow and um We've, I mean, we've heard stories about how difficult the suit was to work in because it was kind of revolutionary because they had never made anything like this before. So hearing from you, the person that had to do probably the most work physically in the suit, was it really that hard to move in it? Well, not, not really. I know that there's been
1: so much conjecture about how cumbersome, how hot, how restricting, etc. But, you know, I, I didn't even think about it of that you know once i got that costume on i just felt so invincible anyway and i, I think and i've said this to, to cosplayers or, or to whoever you know just make sure that you you do some limbering you know you keep supple it, it's not all about having yes you you want a good physique as well to, to sort of carry it in, in in these some of these movements it helps let's say um Very much so. But I think if you've got the suppleness and and I did, I would stretch an awful lot before I did things to make myself warm and just ready to go. Um, So I never I never really thought it was only when I rapped that I thought, oh, my God, I've lost over a stone in weight and my my skin (laughs) is suffering, (laughs) you know, my ripping the cowl on. off, I, I got really awful um, sort of cuts and things behind my ears, if you like, just from the, that, that sort of friction. But as I say, as a dancer, you just—you're such a masochist, really, that you for your art. You, you don't ever moan about anything. And I'm not just saying that to to you know impress people. It's the honest truth that I, I was always very much um i'm just amazed and, and so indebted to be here um this costume feels amazing it looks amazing you're working with the best of the best i can't wait to do more and more that was my philosophy and my feeling that whenever tim would come back to me or there'd be a call cool sheep with my name on or if we knew where we were filming at a different location, whatever. I was just I couldn't get enough. I really could not get enough of that movie because it it what it did as well, Justin, was that I'd had a lot of disappointment up to this point. I'm not trying to get the violins out, but I I'd got a lot of very close calls. It was between me and someone else, let's say, many many times. And you know, I think in life it's wonderful when something comes along which is very much you. And I think not only with my dance training, but I'd done an awful lot of athletics. And I mean training for for years and years you know this is not just something i did when i was later in life i was what 25 26 when i did this movie i i've been training from an age when i could because my late father was uh, very strong and he worked out with weights and he was also a builder um and he would sort of you know influenced me in, in keeping fit and various things so i did all of those things throughout my early years and just kept in tip-top with athletics, um, I did some kind of gymnastic exercises and things as well. So, if you like it, it just felt so ideal for me because of my love for. For all the other people I grew up with as well, like Lou Ferrigno and, and Arnie Schwarzenegger, and Frank Zane was one of my heroes because oh, you know, he's a smaller guy. I
0: love Frank. Uh, he, he's one of my favorite yeah. bodybuilders of all time.
1: Yeah, I mean he achieved such great things. And Bruce Lane was, I'm sorry, Bruce Lee was a was a huge hero um because of what is he, just nothing he couldn't do. Was there? I mean his flexibility, his strength, his fitness. Um, so these were all probably like yourself with with. The people you've grown up with and admired these were all people i took from um and they inspired me to do what i did and so you know it it was the dream to get this but yes i I just couldn't get enough of of the scenes and you know i respected the fact that you know with sean who was there first that um you know he did some scenes which really not taking away from him because he he's brilliant you know, maybe there was some flight scenes that i could have maybe done but i think we all dovetailed together beautifully yeah and it was our whole you know package if you like that,
0: that right sort of help with michael yeah that was i mean that was uh definitely it's funny that you, you're like predicting the next question i have in my head because the next question i had oh, wow. was what was what was it like working with you know michael keaton alongside sean mccabe and dave lee as a as a team to come up with the physicality of this portrayal of batman was it something that you all discussed together or was it just you go over there and you do this scene and you go over there and do that scene
1: It was it was kind of very separate in a way I mean the the most I obviously had an awful lot of interaction with Michael in the sense that I would I- would see him as as well an awful lot as i did with with um jack and kim i saw them an awful lot um during my 11 weeks the most interaction was really with sean because sean was there very much from the start as we know and you know we we were very much in close proximity an awful lot of the time so what was incredible is that they would have me let's say you know We were both on the call sheet and then I'd be ready for for one scene and then Sean would be doing his. But, you know, you have the pleasantries, of of course, but, you know, there's some conversation as well. But there isn't, you know, you do... If Tim's there as well, you, you will hear that direction because you'll be in close proximity to it. So he might say to, you know, right, Sean, this this is what we're doing here. When he did a reverse shot where, you know, Batman sort of lifts Vicky Vale onto that ledge, you know, um, that that was done in reverse. There's some incredible things that you witness. But with Dave Lee, I didn't see quite so much of him because really it was just how our I suppose our schedules arose. But I saw a little bit of him when he when he did the, the fighting s- scene in the street. But it was mostly around when we did the bell tower, where he does his fight scenes. There that we that we just uh, were around each other. There wasn't really a lot of time to communicate, let's say, because at that stage I was that was with Peter McDonald, the second unit director. So he would he'd done the sequence of first coming out of the trapdoor, then lowering it, and then walking around. And then it's dave doing that that fight and then it commences back with me with the walking again for quite some time um but yeah you just you just kind of had the the general sort of interaction i think in many ways this film was handled totally different to i imagine how returns was because i know seeing stills and things from returns that they, they seem to be be time where where dave could have shots with michael or or whatever whereas it was always a little bit tricky on 89 you know everybody had got their part to play and schedules and just i don't know i think you were just so in the zone so focused on what you were doing that it it, you know you can think back don't you you, and and, can't you and think why couldn't we have had a picture all together or why yeah why this or why? but i I mean that was
0: that would have been amazing to to see that would have been so cool to see all of you guys next to each other all in the suit together
1: yeah or even and just, you know, as I say, with Michael, I, I think for me, I, I've always been the type of guy that, you know, I've always respected people and, and their their space, and, and I don't go sort of rushing in. Um, I always wait when the time is right. And I think, as I say, we were just so involved with things that, that we just didn't get more time and and you know obviously with tim it was a it was a huge thing for him to be doing this this size of this movie but i had a lot of conversations with tim i mean he, he was always so lovely to me and so
0: yeah supportive. I mean, what was it like to work with tim burton what was he like as a director he
1: was just Honestly, he was just the loveliest man, he really was. I mean, he knew he knew exactly what he wanted and um, his sort of observation of, of things was, was incredible. How, you know, you could see his mind working, that he, he knew exactly where to place, what he wanted from people, how things would work. So that was just on another level because I'm a huge fan of Disney, having grown up with all those, those great animations and things and, and knowing about disney but then knowing that tim was an animator there but this was a guy you know on Wee and, and um you know beetlejuice um uh, what a talent but just the loveliest guy loveliest guy
0: well we, i think i'm sorry go ahead i was just gonna say i think that the thing
1: about this movie was that it was like a family. That the whole uh-huh. setup. I mean, there was everybody just got on so well. and was so hopeful, so supportive. Um, I made friends with a, with a lot of the the people there and uh, had a good social time with people as well so i'd I'd like to just sort of remark on that how good a team and how lovely everybody was
0: we've heard some stories about how crazy john peters can be did you ever interact with john peters while he was on set
1: on oh my word, I've got to tell you a story about John. Um, this was a bit alarming for me because i would not been on the movie very long and I was just in my normal attire if you like and I, I was watching some of the action and I could see on a monitor and fortunately I've got um, Todd with me. He, 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 tended to kind of chaperone me, look after me very, very well. And it was important for me to watch scenes and get a feel, you know, that would help my involvement as well. But I remember, I mean, you know me, I've not got a a nasty bone in my body have i just you know but i was there just you know say minding my own business but john peters came along are you a part of this movie and i was like oh my word (laughs) um so i I never really i never really said anything because you know i was just i was just a bit sort of shocked um and then todd fortunately said Carl, he's all right. He's just helping us out. I think that was his response. But I just thought, oh, my God, you know, I've not done anything. I've not done anything. I've not said boo to a goose. And and all of a sudden, (laughs) because because he didn't recognize me, um, he said that to me. But fortunately, it it just kind of dissipated. It uh, it blew over and uh, he he walked away. But that was my introduction to John Peters.
0: that doesn't surprise me based (laughs) off the stories that i've heard about him
1: it's um i I think with this movie there were i'd I'd use an expression of, of pussyfooting quite a lot really that um you know they didn't want to hurt michael with some things maybe you know because you know as an actor Regardless of whether you're the physical type, and we know Michael is a phenomenal cerebral actor with with his eyes and his mind, I mean, he's one of the best out there, isn't he? Films he's done, and you, you can't you can't do everything. I mean, it's only the likes of Tom Cruise and and uh, you know these kind of people like Stallone or whatever that are the physical specimens. I mean, I I would love to have got with Michael before because I you know I was almost a fitness instructor as well you know with what i'd done i mean i knew an awful lot about fitness programs and training things and i I would have loved the opportunity to just sort of help him with stretching and, and give him some sort of exercises but i think with this movie it seemed to be that it was you know well we've got sean in and initially i think they thought that would be enough you know with Michael they got the great right. actor then they got someone like Sean who'd worked on the back of other great movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones so he he was highly qualified for what he did but they obviously felt something else was missing hence my involvement and then obviously with dave lee's involvement but i think that there was a bit of this going on with this movie where things were not necessarily communicated as well as they could have been because when i did the photo session with herb ritz um michael had come out and ripped his chest plate off in in sort of disgust and I think it was because he didn't know about Dave Lee at that stage Uh, and that's the honest truth he wasn't very happy that all of a sudden now there's a third doubling but I think that's because it wasn't communicated in the way it should have been. And then I went in and did my photo session and then that was all done. And I, I just kept out of it. I, I didn't sort of do anything else. I mean, it, it, it's not for me to do that. I, I'm just doing my job. And I was thrilled to get all this extra sort of involvement through the publicity side. But um, that's, that's the sort of things that were going on, as I said. I John Peters, uh, saying that to me
0: as well. Well, we know you have so many iconic scenes yourself as Batman. You have, you know, the opening as you float down to confront the Muggers, Nick and Eddie, hopping into the Batmobile as Joker's goons chase you as you escape the Flugelheim Museum, and so many more, including some iconic stuff in the Gotham Cathedral. Just to name a few, um, I have to know, do you have a favorite personal scene that you worked on in the movie that you're really proud of?
1: Wow. That's that's always a good question. That one, it really is, and it's it's so difficult because you know I'm so thrilled to actually bookend the movie. You know the very opening shot, and then that shot. You know as the camera just uh, scales up the building. You know uh, with a bat signal. Um, I think there's just so many different things because getting into the batmobile as people will tell you even if you just get in it normally you know without any pressure on you of a a camera rolling that just getting in there and and making it smooth (laughs) i've seen people trying on on some of the posts and it, it looks very awkward yeah but that for the seamless that for the seamless um, made me very proud, but I, th- I think the opening shot, to be honest, Justin, because it's that very first time, isn't it, that, that you see Batman, and I think for me, as, as we've seen in, in the new Flash, you know, the wire the, the work that would have been done um, with Supergirl, you know, that, that I, I'd never been on th- those Kirby wires before, and it just felt amazing to, to have that and then to be able to control that, that descent. because even though the the guys are winching you up and then lowering you, there's still got to be the control of, of when you land and when you and when you bring the cape down. So I know Johnny Kay, that that's his classic. Um, that's his favorite scene. And yeah, I it's in, I
0: mean, anyways, one of fun. my favorites. Uh, it's been since I was a child. I still have my original trading card with you on it with the cape out. And what was always interesting wow. to me. And one of my favorite things about that portrayal of the character is how creature like it is. It really feels like when they say yes. a giant bat, it it looks like it, that imagery and the way it moves and the way you float yes. it down so gracefully. And then you just lower your wings like yes. so gracefully. And then you're just standing there as the silhouette. It's absolutely beautiful. It's one of my favorite things ever shot in a movie. Of all time really it is
1: i'm really just so touched to hear that you know i mean it, it just it meant so much i think getting getting that opening shot because even though it's it's a distant it, it's that like you say it's that silhouette it's that whole mood it's the lighting it's just the feeling it projects that it is this giant bat. and then i was able to follow that with with that opening of the cape and jumping down um Getting closer to, to the muggers as well. And can you imagine if I'd got that deleted scene, if that was in, in the movie as well, yeah, that, that was, would have been the three that, shots. Yeah. That needs
0: to be brought up. That was a huge question I had next. Again, you you're you're just predicting everything I'm I'm talking about here. Um I, I feel as the a same fan, <laughs> yeah, I feel as a fan, the biggest bummer that has come out of our knowledge of your work on the movie since you've um been a part of the fan community the last few years is what could have been with the original opening scene where we first see batman crouched like a gargoyle up on the rooftops of the gotham cathedral that was actually you you did that scene it was eventually some for some reason replaced with animation in the final film but as fans we had seen that photo view in the suit for years we didn't know what it was but we just thought it looked cool there was no information really on it at all until you came out and explained what it was um it was a mystery so can you talk about that scene a little bit for our listeners and explain what it was and what you did and
1: yeah definitely that was that was a definite scene i think again there's been rumor that oh it was this or it was that but that is definite bona fide true that that was from that deleted opening scene and I remember being told by Tim about this and and what he wanted that the the whole premise was that when the camera panned around that you saw the gargoyle and then you saw that figure of of Batman but you were never quite sure and then there was another gargoyle so there was that mystery because at that point you're not seeing any, any definitive kind of flesh or or movement if you if you like and so people could be led into believing that's another gargoyle but but what i've felt so proud of and i mean i was proud of everything but the fact that that position you can't really fully appreciate it just looking at it but but it's like a yoga position really and and you know with a yoga position you generally hold things for, for some count and then you, you move out of it or whatever but i held that position for an awful long time and to keep that shape so that it was more aesthetically pleasing and not crumpled or distorted was some battle to fight against the costume because as you know the cowl is pulled down tight and glued onto the the cape yeah. so you, you've got all that sort of if you like gravitational force pulling you down and then you're there in the full costume it's not really very comfortable but i i just put that out of my head and so i was just so happy to be there and i found this way of doing minimal movements but as we know on film they they just are amplified aren't they they're they're just more magnified when you do these small movements and i made sure that the you know it was in different parts so it might be a little bit in the waist then in in part of the back and then the shoulder and the head but the the way it seemed to to work and you know when you've got that feeling i think it's like an actor you know you know generally when you've hit your lines or when it feels really good i mean yes the director goes for different versions but i knew as a director so i knew as a performer how well that felt and you know i was counteracting as i say this this pull from the costume and it just felt so good when i was doing these movements and especially when tim was giving me that total you know positivity that he, he was so pleased by it and then it was just the fact that annie crawford in, in wardrobe you know head of wardrobe she had seen it in in the rushes in the dailies and she'd said you know because i would moved on to the next next thing you know i i I felt that was that was all done i moved on to whatever was next coming but she she saw me and she said god carl it looked amazing absolutely amazing so i was really bored i was boosted from and you can imagine and i was then so keen to see that in the in the finished movie and, and when it never appeared, I was just on oh my word they've replaced it with just something awful and and having seen 89 again and i I managed to see more at this dual uh, double feature um I just thought, no that that would have looked so good if it was the original it was have, yeah
0: uh, it would have been as a fan even just the thought of it it would have been perfect it literally would have been the perfect opening to the character and it, it it upsets me now and I know there's a lot of other fans that agree with me because that's like quintessential batman like him perched up like a gargoyle on the rooftops that's something that you know tim didn't do much else in his movies but later on in, and christopher nolan did um but just yes. knowing that tim did have that in mind and that he wanted to convey that visual and they did it and they replaced it with i mean even in terms of the standard of visual effects in 1989 that animation in that scene does not look good
1: no I I, I have to agree with you I, I think it really does stand out in the context of everything else that's done and I think you've alluded to the fact there just in i agree that maybe without getting above myself that has influenced these nolan movies and and these other stills that you see where batman is perched with the gargoyles i i I don't think i'm getting ahead of myself but maybe in some way it has had an effect on on that because that is always a beautiful shot and and a beautiful sequence for me if, if you're amongst the gargoyles it's atmospheric and so gothic isn't it It really so gothic
0: it's wonderful and to our listeners listening right now if you're unaware of this image that we're referring to here we will be posting this as part of the episode in some way shape or form so you'll be able to see it i know that a lot of hardcore fans know about it um, but there are some fans that probably aren't aware of what we're talking about but i know carl once they see it they're probably going to agree (laughs) that it would have been a much better choice to open the movie with that image
1: it just yes i I think it just felt so right that you know you you just had those earlier well you you had that first of all of course then and then you know it, it could be literally then that he was moving on as we know he was moving into a position where he wouldn't have more sort of purchase more more sort of access to, to the muggers you know that, that he he was there and, and nobody really knew and then he moved away and getting into a position where he could he could really startle them and then not just staffle them but he could he could sort them out yeah <laughs> and, and i think that's where that flow works so beautifully rather than some animation
0: yeah the the, the unfortunate part here is as we know um that warner brothers has that scene somewhere in their vault they've got other behind the scenes footage as well that they have not released as part of any special edition of the movie on home video Um, but maybe someday someone will listen i know um you know we've asked this question to producer michael Uslin on social media a number of times he doesn't tend to respond on that maybe he doesn't remember or maybe he didn't see that footage i don't know but it would be great if someone Put together you know at least like a reel of the, you know the deleted scenes from the movie so we as fans could all enjoy them though i know like i said it- People will say well you should recut the movie and put that back in but you know um we know that's not possible <laughs> you know um
1: we need to, we need to set up a petition don't we just really we need uh, we need to get it reinstated in some shape or form
0: as long you know it's, it's just like a lot of other movies where there was a scene where a director took it out for whatever reason and we don't know like you said we don't know if it was tim's choice or someone else's um but it would just be nice for us to have um but moving forward uh this is probably like i mean thinking about how huge batmania was in 1989 it was a global phenomenon Uh, what was it like for you after you finished the movie and then months later to see it become this massive global phenomenon and you being a part of it what what did that feel like and what was it like seeing bat symbols on every street corner
1: oh it was just mind-blowing it absolutely and you couldn't well you could take it in but i remember when i wore the jacket that Jack had given the cast and crew, you know, the, the one that's the based on the on the goons jacket. And I went to a restaurant and people were just sort of flocking over and, and they were just like, What's this? What's this? And and yeah, as you've said, it, it was just everywhere, this amazing energy and feeling about this movie. And we'd we'd felt that it was something amazing to be part of but then you're very focused aren't you, on doing what you're doing and anything can happen and that's not a negative thing you're, you're being a realist and you think you're taking it a step at a time but i think i was just eager like so many fans you know waiting for the next publication trying to see you know who was writing about the movie and what was being shown on television and you kind of think as well that that maybe something was missed in the uk by by getting me involved i i don't know i don't know what that was all about why they didn't sort of look to me to but in some ways there's these mysterious circles that not everybody knows what you've done and and some hush-hush or whatever else you know just just doing what they're doing but it was it was it was incredible and i know in the states it, it was just even more wasn't it i've seen pictures and and seen the programs and and heard the the various things the interviews it it was just like something else wasn't it It was the biggest movie of its Time,
0: yeah, you know, and it it's um, the end of course,
1: Jones, hadn't it? It was just the biggest one of its kind at that time.
0: Yeah, it was, and um, it's interesting because those that have HBO Max or just Max now—they changed the name of uh, the streaming app—they recently just released a hundred years of Warner Brothers documentary series, and on episode three, they actually document and talk about Batmania and how the movie literally pulled the studio. Into success where it was probably going to fail. They have a couple new clips with Tim. Um, Tim Burton did do. It seems like an interview. There's only a couple short clips of it, but it documents how massive a success it was for the studio, and 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 of course how culturally relevant it was. Uh, for me, you know, and those that have listened to our show, they've heard me talk about it a number of times. I mean, Batman at the age of five, me seeing it opening night at the drive-in with my parents. That's what literally influenced me to be into cinema and film in general it's what kind of influenced me for the rest of my life and uh, it's my number one favorite movie of all time it always has been it always will be until I'm in the grave um, but that's how large of an influence the movie had I think some people you know they grew up in Star Wars was their big thing or Indiana Jones just like you just mentioned but for me it was Batman and still to this day yes. I'll, I'll never forget what that summer was like and that experience was like it's very near and dear to my heart that's why I'm so thankful that, you know, this is a personal question to you. Um, but we as fans are so thankful and appreciative of you interacting with us, telling us your stories, conversing with us, and and kind of being a part of our fandom with us. Um, is there is there any reason why you waited so long to kind of come out and be a part of it? Was it something you didn't think was a big deal, or were you just not aware of the fandom? Or
1: no, that's a that's a wonderful question, and I'm I'm very touched in it, and it's an honor for me, and and I love I love being being able to shed lies and interact as as you know and i love your story about your parents taking you to to the movie and and the influence it's had i think in in some ways um other things come along it's not like you've ever forgotten things but i think a lot of it almost got crushed out of me by by some people you know and it, it was only really it was again like a fate thing where i was um helping Another passion of mine is food and I've, I've sort of, in my family, there's also um, sort of farming and, and growing and all these kind of things, as well as the sort of creative side. I've got a lot of um, creative blood in me from, from my ancestors, but I, I was helping out with that. And it was when the COVID, the, the lockdown had happened and I started to see more of my images on the Internet and various things and then it really you know pricked up my ears and, and got me sort of looking and thinking wow you know so I, then i became more involved and it was it was sort of this natural progression, progression then through fandom and everything else that i started to contribute and then this is where the interview with with uh Bat force radio etc and everything else followed but i don't know i, I was always so immensely proud of, of batman and, and will never not be um but i think it was just other things came into my life and uh, there was my daughters and other things and then i was being pulled in different directions it felt and and trying to get him involved with another side of the business, if you like, as well. When I migrated to Australia, I was trying things out there as well. But, yeah, it was just something that got pushed a little bit on, on the back burner. and. Then i was so happy to see things and i i thought you know what the fans don't really know the truth about me i don't think they fully understood at that time um as i say you know with with sean coming in and, and the fact that they didn't have that complete compliment they felt and then that was when i was hired and they needed to reshoot the fighting sequences but i just wanted to get my story out there and say well look i think One very good expression of it is how deeply embedded I was in the movie, and and to have not just the filming duties, which were incredible, but then for the press department to say to me, Look, you know, we want to show. How a dancer looks in this suit and how he moves and everything else. And, you know, on on the back of that, we know that they will try to, excuse me, show that that's Michael, maybe for the people that don't look closely enough or whatever. But all all those different things, the the opportunities of working with Herb Ritz and, and, you know, meeting Prince, but not quite getting him to communicate. But being around that whole thing, I I just wanted to get my story out to people and, and inspire them and say look you know I was a guy from a very small village in Leicestershire at that time it was it was very very small and quiet not much happening and then I had these ambitions to to go off and uh, be a dancer and uh, then I'm doing the Batman thing but I think the crazy thing was and it would have been totally different in the States but I've told this story to some friends and people that when I went for future opportunities the directors didn't believe me And I know that sounds surreal, but because Batman was so massive, it was almost that these people didn't want to believe it was happening, or Are you really been a part of that, and and they, they were looking at me as though I just told them a complete story, fabricated story. So it, it was a weird one that it, it should have opened even more doors at that time, if if you like, because you know you couldn't have had anything better on your CV, could you? Really, you just said you you worked with Tim Burton and and uh, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton, etc. at Pinewood studios but um, it's it's just weird. It's just so weird how things are. But I'm so thrilled. It, it feels like a totally new chapter now for me that these things are happening. I've never, and this is the honest truth, I've never had so much love and appreciation. It's, it's overwhelming. It really is. And that's just incredible how it makes you feel.
0: It's so well-deserved. I mean, we as fans, like you said a few moments ago, I mean, of course, when you're a child, you don't see things the way you do as an adult. I mean as a child I watched the movie and thought, "Hey, that's all Michael Keaton." Um the older we got, we learned, you know, some some stuff about Dave because Dave came out in 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 his fandom and started to meet fans and uh tell his story. And then, you know, it was always interesting to me um you know when they did the 2005 special edition anthology box set, you know, they interviewed people, not everyone, but most people that were involved in the movie. Um they did not reach out to you, but they do mention you without mentioning your name they said we hired a ballet dancer and yes that's literally the only line they mentioned that had anything to do with you but then After hearing that, I started viewing the film as an adult in a different way. I could tell, you know, the different scenes, the way the cape would swish around and the way that it was more fluid. And then when you would see Michael, a lot of the time, he just kind of stagnant. He just he would do the bat turn here and there. A lot of close ups. But you, you would notice like further back away. I'm like, well, is that really him or not? And sometimes i think for some people that removes the magic of the movie but not if you understand filmmaking because even today if you look at a modern uh, comic book movie they have doubles as well they have people Absolutely. that are doing movement for them in costumes or fight scenes for them so it's nothing that's changed um and that's None. why you know I, i'm just i'm glad that you're you're out here telling your story so people understand i mean even I've, I'm sure you've heard this too. People for years thought that it was a model, a little miniature at, at yes. the end in front of the bat signal, but it's actually you.
1: Yes. I mean, I I remember, I think, you know, hearing about the, the actors that were doing the um, ape roles as well, you know, for Planet of the Apes or, or the other movies where they've incorporated that and thinking, I would have loved to have done that because you know that that's a real skill to to be able to move like that. And again, that that can come from dance training or specialist training. And and you you've said it perfectly, Justin. That it's all about movie making. We're all there to help that that overall picture, aren't we? That, that we're all contributing, and it's that, it's that wonderful process. And it's giving people that have trained in that profession, whether they 're specialists in in horse riding or, or whatever it might be, to let them showcase their skills and help the actor and I think really that that 's it that um, it felt so right because of my background with, with having the athleticism because you know you can you can have dance as well and that's that's fantastic, but I think I just had a bit more as well you know with doing of running and jumping in in athletics that helped you know put even more on my dance capabilities if you like because it gave you that that confidence and that familiarity as well and i think it's just just wonderful just wonderful to be able to have that and uh you work together it take nothing away from how brilliant michael is but you know that's that's me is like with dave with his fighting and sean's brilliant and what he did but then my forte was was that fluidity and that that cape work and and, uh you know getting into things and and making it so fluid so elegant
0: yeah and i mean. I can only imagine what the movie would have been like had they not hired someone like you that could move in the suit the way you do in the movie. Because it would have been pretty boring. We we have to we have to be clear on that. Because when you look at the images of the character throughout the entire history leading up to that point when the movie came out, the cape and his movement is so important. I mean, it's literally part of the character. It would have been really boring to watch the movie without you being a part of it. But so I'm glad that they they realized that once they saw you know we can only do so much with michael in the suit we need to get someone in here to do that and i've never believed that it takes away anything from michael in the movie or anyone else's work i just think it's a collaborative effort and together you all created the version of the character that we know and love from the movie
1: that's right and i mean there's nothing wrong is there with having four people in the suit ultimately because that was just how it was needed that was how it unfolded that you know you can do fight sequences can't you and then you, you can feel that it's not quite quite right there and, and that's that's a gut feeling and that's a, that's a good call isn't it to say you know what we'll go again and that was obviously the case with my involvement was that well sean's great as to say he's he drove the batmobile he could crash through through things i mean that zip sequence he does through um the museum is phenomenal but they they just felt that you know yes there's something else we, we can add to this and it was you know the very first movie is always key isn't it you know that's that's the one that not to say that subsequent ones are not but i I still feel with the 89 that is just it's always going to stand up i mean when i saw it again and i wasn't being over romantic and thinking oh god you're 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 only saying it because of you and it's not that at all but i just think the 89 as well has just got all of those ingredients that that we love you know with jack um with tim with anton first and all the other fantastic uh cast and crew um it's got it all there the music of of prince and danny etc but you know it's it's incredible how
0: how long carl how long has it been since you've seen the movie or rather how long has it been since you've seen it in a movie theater
1: well believe it or not it is it is a long long time Just justin it really is because i was i was saying to some friends only recently that i don't think i've ever been that close in, in the movie to see batman i mean i was literally three rows away i was seeing things that i'd almost overlooked you know it's this thing like in in the um in the bat cave where you know michael can switch on the lights but then it follows me you know carrying on up the steps and, and getting right to sitting down and then in the in the bell tower where as i say i have I've done that walking and then there's the fighting and then a carry on again. So it it's been a long time. It's been a really long time and uh it just blew me away like it did with the flash, but to see it so close and uh immerse myself again as you do, don't you, with these movies, you're
0: completely there. Uh, it ha- all your yeah.
1: senses senses are keyed up to the to the maximum, aren't they? And and you're just fantastic.
0: Well yeah that and I, I, I have to assume that the crowd and the energy in the room Just knowing what they were there for had to be like extremely like to the top, like energy, like a lightning bolt coming through the roof, you know, like just because I know I've 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 seen the movie. the theater anytime it plays anywhere and i do work at a theater um i posted screenings of it i mean we i've I've seen it a lot but anytime i'm in a theater just to see that movie it the energy is contagious so it had to have been crazy for the fans knowing we're here to see this we're here to see the flash before it comes out and michael keaton's here you know imagine if people knew that you were there as well like in as a guest that would have been amazing (laughs) as well you know I mean,
1: that that energy is as, as you said just it, it was incredible and i i loved seeing the audience and and there was a lot of young people in there which, which was wonderful and their reaction to the 89 was was very well it was it was more than heartwarming it was just incredible you know they were loving it they they were enjoying the humor and and the scenes they they, they were just I saying, really really a fanfare of, of the enjoyment for it and so yes I, th- I think it will always have that and if it can always keep inspiring and giving people you know and that's what i've loved about this whole thing with the fandom is is you know hearing from such wonderful people and saying you know you really influenced me in whatever shape or form it was with with their career um getting into movies or or dance or whatever it might be that's just so touching and and it's what you love because you know i'm all about helping others and and inspiring others and i've helped people in my career before getting getting into things uh when i've had choreographers that have hired me and and wanted uh a partner or whatever else um so that that's my philosophy is just to Keep giving out the love and and, and supporting people and and loving this wonderful world of Batman that that there is there.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to wrap up here in just a moment, but I have one last thing to ask you, Carl. We know you never got a chance to return to work in the world of Gotham City with Tim Burton and Batman Returns, but we have seen you in some really amazing recent photos by the awesome photographer Shane Hicks. Um, Would you ever officially put on the cape and cowl again for any reason? I would.
1: I really would. I'm, I'm excited to say that, you know, th- this is very much my um, projection, now, if you like, it is it, my direction that I, I would love to do more. And I'm trying in the various ways to achieve that. I mean, fans w- will be very pleased to know that, you know, Again, because of this wonderful Batman world the people that I've met, I've got a very good friend now who's helping me put together a website and with the manager that I have, there's been some really good inquiries about things for me. We, we just kind of need to make those happen. But yes. Ultimately, I would I would love to put it back on and it, it feels so good anyway when I've put, you know, Sean Reeves suit back on. Um, it was such a shame about returns, but I think it was purely a political thing. Me not being in the States at the time and, and whatever else. And I'm sure Tim wanted me. He'd been very, very gracious and thankful at the wrap party. But yes, to answer your word, yes, I, I would dearly love love to do it again. Well, especially when you see the flash as well <laughs> oh. when you see the flash as well and you think well my word it gets the old uh, excitement uh, pumping around the body again
0: yeah. yeah i mean it definitely has and i i've seen the flash uh three times now before it's even come wow. out um warner brothers was nice enough to invite me to las vegas to see it a few months ago it was the early cut but i know you were able to see the final cut at your screening i believe
1: not quite the final cut oh but still- okay okay still, yes it's still a little piece
0: missing all right well i saw that missing piece but i'm not going to talk about it here we'll be waiting until <laughs> uh, after my vacation next week i'll i'll come back on the show and i'll i'll kind of relay that information and we'll discuss it in detail but carl seriously uh this has been such a pleasure to have you it's been a long time coming i really deeply appreciate you taking the time to come on to discuss this information about my favorite movie with not only me, but our fans and our listeners. I know that you are on Instagram. You have your own page at ballet bat 1989, and I believe you also have I'm a part of it. a group on facebook correct yes
1: that's correct that's also ballet back 1989 and
0: uh, i just want to thank you as well <clears throat> excuse me justin for
1: you know making this happen because say we've, we've known each other a good while and um, we've had wonderful interactions anyway and so this is <laughs> fantastic to to be part of this and and uh, talk about my wonderful memories and our favorite And uh, I wish you a very, very good vacation as well next week. I'm sure you'll be ready for that
0: thank you very much it's my wife and i uh celebrating our 10 year wedding anniversary so we're going to where oh. i proposed to her um long beach island in new jersey it's a nice little island very quiet i'll be that's- looking forward to some some quiet time but i will not <laughs> let my batman fandom die i'll be wearing all my vintage batman 89 t-shirts and my vintage batman oh. towel at the beach i'll be bringing it all oh. with me
1: <laughs> oh that's wonderful <laughs> will you have a wonderful um anniversary holiday. you deserve, you really do and and danielle as well
0: appreciate that very much carl and thanks again for coming on ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening to keaton cast brought to you by the epic film guys you can find us on social media at epic film guys on instagram twitter and facebook and of course most of our keaton cast episodes are airing directly on our patreon for as low as one dollar a month you can listen to almost all those episodes this one was too special i wasn't going to try to charge anyone for this one this one will be on our main feed so we hope you enjoyed it and until next time. We'll see you at the movies.